This is episode 148 of Bella in Your Business. This is Davis, and you're listening to Bella in Your Business, where Bella will discuss anything and everything about your pet sitting business to help you land on target. So get ready. Bella's got your shoot. Let's jump! How adorable is that? That was Davis from Space Coast, Florida. He is Space Coast Pet Services, Melanie Beattie Haynes' son. And I love it. I take it to heart because I know a lot of you guys are listening to this podcast in many different situations. Melanie's kids actually have memorized the beginning and the ending of the podcast. And they listen to it with her in the car. I know there's a couple other moms out there with kids that also... They know the whole let's jump. So I said, yeah, send me a intro. I hope you guys liked that. I absolutely loved it. Davis, way to go. You have a career in radio, my friend. Great, great job. Thank you for doing that. All right, you guys, today I want to get into the six things that I did wrong when I started my pet business. A little bit of a background on me if you have not been listening since episode one, which was almost 150 episodes ago. I am in beautiful, sunny Scottsdale, Arizona. I started my pet sitting company in 2002 when my parents wanted to give me a curfew in college. I found out that I could get paid to sleep with two white dogs because that's what they were to me at the time. For my neighbor who traveled four nights a week for business. And it was basically like having my own house free of rent and I could come and go as I pleased. Now, when I graduated college with a BA in human communication, I decided that I really didn't want to work for anybody. And I had a pretty cool thing going. So I just went full-fledged doing the business. However, I didn't know anything about business. Never took a business class. Didn't know how to balance a balance sheet. Didn't know what a profit and loss was. Had no idea what systems and processes were. That was just some buzzword. And I just really had to try to figure it all out on my own. I became a really big sponge and I listened more than I spoke. I went to a lot of networking meetings and I went to a lot of lunch and learns where I was able to learn a lot of stuff and just become friends with people that knew a lot more than I did. However, I did make some major mistakes that really hindered the trajectory of my success because I just was too afraid. Like, let's call a spade, a spade. I was terrified, you guys. I was terrified of making the wrong decision. I was paralyzed by fear because I didn't know what the right decision was. So it actually cost me a lot of time building. Now, I also live with no regrets, so I have taken many lessons from them, which I am now turning over to you because no matter what stage you are in your business, whether you're just starting your business, you're building your business, or you're scaling your business right now, these lessons apply to all of us because they're they're kind of timeless. So the very first thing that I didn't do was I did not invest back into the business. I was terrified of spending money on the business. And at that time, you know, I'd get $100, I'd put $100 in the business bank account. Actually, if I'm being quite honest, I don't think I had a business bank account when I first started. I think it actually took me a little bit to get a separate business bank account because I felt like I wasn't even making enough to have a business bank account, which was a total lie. So I have this business bank account and I didn't know 
how much I actually had to spend on the company. And I didn't know if I was going to have enough to pay my bills, my cell phone, my rent. I was renting a condo at the time, my car payment. I was driving around my Mini Cooper convertible, which I dearly miss and love. It was kind of like paycheck to paycheck, if you will, or check to check at the time, because I was accepting cash and check. It was just me. And I was just really scared. And I was kind of brought up in an environment where I was always taught to save. I don't know if any of you guys had some quote unquote mean parents out there that made you save half of your birthday money, half of your Christmas money, half of everything for your quote unquote college fund. But that was me. And so I kind of grew up all the time thinking, you know, I won't have enough or I need to save enough. I need to save enough nuts for the winner, if you will. So when I was in this mentality, you know, I was just really afraid to spend money on the business. And when I did, a couple times I got burnt. I don't know if any of you listening right now have ever been burnt by a purchase you've made and you feel like, oh my gosh, it's the biggest mistake I ever made. I wish I could get that $100, $1,000, couple thousands of dollars back. It's a terrible feeling and it kind of makes you a little gun shy moving forward. But what I did not realize is that just buying things to buy things wasn't going to get me ahead. But investing was a whole different thing. I didn't want to spend money. And my mindset, you guys, this is really big. My mindset was all on spending. It was like I was giving money away and I was never going to see it back again. I did not think of it as an investment where I would put money down and I would get even more money back. And I think this is why I said these are timeless lessons, because I always think that throughout our business, we have to remember that things are an investment, not an expense, or at least they shouldn't be. You know, you pay someone to help you with an SEO or a blog. Well, you should in turn have the same goals with that person, or they should know what success means to you. And then you should start reaping those benefits. If you're not, then you need to move on because things shouldn't cost you money. It should be an investment. You should get it back. And in our business, there's, it's not that complex, right? When you get down to it. And that's why networking and being a part of my crew and knowing the people I know and being able to ask me for references, I'm going to give you quality people that aren't going to let you down, myself included. So the very first thing that I think we all need to do is have the mindset of how can I invest in my company to make it better, to make me better, and to get to my goals quicker rather than longer. Now, the next thing is I didn't invest in my own learning. Now, this is actually kind of funny because in 2016, or 2017, I started working out every single day. And it was through this program called Beachbody. You guys might have heard of it. I was working out half hour in the morning, every morning. I was so on my game. That's a whole nother story, but all about morning routines. I've actually done a podcast about that before. And just how empowering and mind clearing it was. However, however, it wasn't until I started doing Beachbody and started being engulfed in this multi-level marketing, MLM, that I realized about self-development. And I realized that how lonely it is as an entrepreneur. You see, MLMs are not bad. In fact, I would say that you have an MLM right now. It means that you're on the top of the pyramid and the people that are quote unquote underneath you are actually 
helping you make more money, right? So I want to, first of all, dispel any kind of negative energies or thoughts towards MLMs, because I don't want that to block you from what I'm about to say. But one thing that, you know, everyone involved in these kind of things need to do is they need to keep their following motivated and excited. So the amount of personal development that my coach was pouring into me or that my teammates or that we were talking about and the books we were reading and the podcasts we were listening to was so mind-blowing that it actually helped me create a bunch of programs and things in Jump Consulting because I saw the power of what I could do and I got out of my own head and I was learning. I was learning about things like Mel Robbins and the five-second rule. Anytime you don't want to do anything, count down five, four, three, two, one then take action. And it's this uncanny thing. I really highly suggest you go look it up. It's absolutely amazing. I learned about Brene Brown. I learned about so many other people, Darren Hardy and the compound effect, all of these things that just really invigorated me and really fed my brain. I also did not until about a year ago, hire my own coach. And when I say my own coach, I mean, I spend I'm going to tell you guys, $2,000 a month on my own coach, okay? Because I feel like my personal development, my growth, my ability to see the bigger, bigger, bigger picture to help as many people and live out my mission as possible is really important. But you know what? When I was a pet sitter, I didn't have a coach and I didn't seek the advice from other people, especially in our industry. And it was very much in its infancy in the beginning. But what I want to encourage you is don't make the mistake I did about not investing in my own learning. That could be local networking groups. It could be just becoming friends with people in your community who know more about you in a certain subject, who are a subject experts. It could be joining Facebook groups. It could be coming and purchasing stuff or working with me in the Jump Consulting Mastermind, or maybe it's another coach. It doesn't matter where it is, but it's really important to get out of your own head because being in your own head and your own ecosystem too much is not good for the growth and development of your company. All right. So the third thing that I did wrong when I started my pet sitting business is I never stopped to think, is this a people problem or a process problem? Let me give you an example. So one day, actually, I don't know if it was one day, it was many days before I realized this. I had an office manager, Amy, and it was very overwhelming for the both of us. And some of you listening might give a chuckle because you might have been in this boat as well. And in that moment, it was, well, I texted you it. Well, I can't find the text message. I'm scrolling, I'm scrolling, I'm scrolling. Well, maybe I told you about it on the phone. You know, when we talked last Friday at like four o'clock, you were on the way to, uh, you know, go get your nails done. And I told you this, why didn't you follow up? And it's like, whoa, like the communication was just so all over the board. It was, you know, check Facebook messenger, check your text messages, check your email, check your voicemail all these different methods. And it was just insane. And before I realized to start asking myself, is this a people problem or a process problem? I was getting upset at her when really I should have got mad at myself for failing at being a good leader. Now, this example does not only apply to when you have staff because it applies to just about anything. Is it a people problem or a process problem, right? Is it a problem with a client or is it a problem with my process? So in this instance with Amy, what I did is I started to 
implement this hardcore rule that you were only allowed to text me if it was an emergency. My third grade teacher, Mrs. Clunan, used to say, are you bleeding, dying, or in pain? And we'd be like, no. And she's like, well, then you need to sit there and be quiet. (laughs) So that was kind of what came to my head. And it was what I kind of created that process around. Text me only if you're bleeding, dying, or in pain. And everything else, I want you to email me. And not just email me, but I want you to email me with the subject line and only one subject in that email. So I used my email very much like a lot of us use Slack these days, okay? Slack is a really cool tool. If you don't know it, go look it up. It's a great way to kind of communicate with your team and keep everything streamlined and according to the different topics, right? So email could be a very big, big time suck. And unless you use it specific, like, you know, for a specific reason, but generally speaking, the way that people use email is a time suck because you end up with threads that are 25, you know, replies long and maybe covers 10 different subjects and you can't find anything, right? So the process needed to be tweaked so that we could accurately and effectively pass communication back and forth between her and I. And so while I wanted to, in my young years, think that it was her fault, I can't believe she can't remember what I said at four o'clock last Friday when she was getting her nails done. How dare she? I mean, come on, you guys. So when I thought that it was a people problem, it was actually a process problem. I failed to create the right processes in my business to support my end goals. Okay. So let me recap really quick. So number one was I didn't invest back into the business. I thought of everything as something I was spending on. The second one was I didn't invest again. There's that word back into my own learning. The third one was, I was it a people or a process problem? And the fourth one is I did all my own marketing if I show you, and maybe for the show notes, I could find something I did at the very beginning. If I could show you the monstrosity that was my marketing when I first started out, it is like embarrassing, but maybe that's beating myself up. Maybe that's, maybe that's not right to say, but I've definitely come a long way. You know, I've definitely learned a few things about design, about color, about fonts, about branding, about messaging, about the audience, about avatars, about all this stuff. Right. But I could only imagine that, you know, I'm begging my community to trust me, to give me their house key, to leave town or go to work. I'm asking them to let me manage their emotions, their guilty emotions of leaving their dog or cat away. And I'm asking them to trust me with the security of their home and give them peace of mind. And I can't even have my marketing look like I'm an official business. Hello. So if I could tell my earlier self anything, it would have been to invest in some sort of graphic design and not for myself because that's not my background. It definitely wasn't at the time. I can definitely say it is now, but back then it wasn't. I knew how to color. (laughs) Give me a piece of paper and some crayons or markers that I could color. But I had no business creating a brand online. And what your brand says about you online these days is so ridiculously important. What you're putting out on your Facebook page, on your Instagram, in your emails, on your website, on any kind of marketing materials is so, so, so important. And I feel like so many of us miss the mark because all we're doing is talking about how great we are, or our logo is front and centered, like it's hitting people over the head. And 
it's obnoxious. It's actually obnoxious. The fonts aren't always the same. The colors aren't always the same. It's a shade of blue, maybe not the actual blue that you're supposed to use. It's very cookie cutter, Mickey Mouse. It looks like a third grader did it. And you know, I really feel like I want to implore my younger self. This is what I would tell my younger self to really step it up a notch and don't be afraid to invest in it because there's so many different resources that we have today in 2019 than I did in 2002. Oh my goodness. Let me tell you. So I did all my own marketing and that was a horrible, horrible mistake. Okay. Now the next mistake that I made when I first started is that I tried to do my website myself. Now, again, we're going to have a little bit of a compare and contrast from 2002 to 2019, but in 2002, we were still kind of making websites on Yahoo web builder. I think it was called. And I did, I actually made my website on Yahoo web builder, but that was 2002. That was when everyone was just kind of starting to have a website with their business. It wasn't, I mean, it started maybe back in 2008, but it was around that time that stuff was starting to explode. We weren't really looking at websites on mobile yet. It was still on desktop. It sounds so archaic. It sounds so old. And for anyone that was born in the 2000s, you're going to just start laughing at me right now if you're listening. I sound so old, right? But, you know, I would have had someone design my website. And these days, definitely, these days, there is absolutely 100% no reason why you can't hire someone to do your website. $500 for someone to do your website. My gal, Erica, who does tons of pet sitting websites for everybody, and she's got a slamming deal. There is no reason why Erica cannot do your website for you. I mean, quite frankly, she's going to make you look like a million bucks, even if your business systems or structure might not be a million bucks yet. She can make any startup look like they've been around forever. And that impression is what people buy into these days online. And I cannot tell you how many hours I literally stole from developing my own business by trying to learn how to do a website myself. I have a client of mine that back in 2017, she took a class at school trying to learn how to do her own WordPress website. Now, it's not bad. Bad, right? But imagine all the things that she could have been doing and creating and growing in her business rather than take this. Now, spoiler alert, it's now 2019 and she still doesn't have a website. It's because she just wanted to DIY it all herself. Guys, sometimes by doing it ourselves, DIY, we actually are shooting ourselves in the foot because it's robbing us from other big things that we really need to do to push the buttons in our business, to move our business forward. So because we think that we're saving some money, we're actually robbing years of developing our business. That That's kind of what I did to myself. I was spending too much time on the things that did not matter. And yeah, it's expensive, but you got to find someone that you can trust or ask me because I have, I basically have a vendor for everything I ever tell you guys and do it. So now we're rounding up to the sixth mistake or things that I did wrong when I started my business. And that's not letting Jamaica be the reason I had ICs. So guys, here's what happened. I got an opportunity to go on an all expenses paid trip to Jamaica and it was in July and it was the busiest time of my pet business. And I did not want to say no to this. So what I did is I hired an IC. Her name was Stevie and she was really great. 
but I hired an IC. It was a shotgun kind of thing. I trained her up in two weeks. Yeah, I trained an IC, you guys. And I went to Jamaica and it was like a fire drill, you know, it was a last alarm thing. And, and I actually kept ICs for a couple months after that, probably about six months because I just had no idea how to have employees. And let me tell you the industry, and this was probably in about 2007 by now, the industry did not have anything to do with employees. I started with employees and I was a rarity. I was maybe one in 10 people with employees. Everybody was always talking about ICs. The regulations were not what they are now. It was just a very different climate. But I knew the facts of it. I knew that I was a control freak. I knew that I wanted to train and control and schedule and check up on my employees. So I did. I switched to employees and it was very, very difficult to figure out all the different steps that I needed to do and and what is workman's comp and how does it work and what kind of taxes do I need to pay and how do I need a payroll company and what does a payroll company do and oh my gosh, it costs so much money. It really doesn't. What costs money is not having the knowledge and not having the right people on your team. That's what costs the most amount of money. It was going back to number two, I didn't invest in my own learning early enough. And number one, I didn't invest into my own business early enough. So I just want to let you guys know that the number one thing that it's always going to be a mind shift, but you got to look at things like you're not spending, you're investing. And when you do contract with anyone, maybe you're contracting with me with Better Marketing with Bella. Let's have a conversation. Let's find out what your goals are. And I I do that with everybody at the beginning of the semester, but I can't make people do things either. Better Marketing with Bella is a program that I wish was around when I first started. It would have helped explode my business and avoid all of number four, which was I tried to do my own marketing and failed miserably at it. It would have made me look like a hundred bucks. I would have been able to get videos and graphics and emails and video covers and all of this stuff that really just emulated my brand and my messaging. It would have made me look like I was, I had like a full-time marketing team just cranking stuff out. So I want to encourage you all to really think about what mistakes are you making? Are we consciously or subconsciously going through the motions every day? Are you connected to your goals and your dreams and where you want to take your business? Or are you just flying by the seat of your pants wondering why aren't I making what I want to make? Or enjoying the life I want to enjoy or having the money in my bank account that I want, or why am I still working 12 to 14 hour days? We need to start consciously thinking about our own businesses and what we're doing daily. And I just want to encourage you, listen to my mistakes that I made. Listen to the fact that I didn't invest back into my business, that I didn't invest in my own learning, that I wasn't thinking about my processes and I was trying to blame it on people. I tried to do all my marketing. I didn't get a website person and I let external forces be the reason for why I actually made my big plunges. I waited to react to things like, oh, I really want to go on this trip, so I'm going to react and just get something instead of responding to my goals. You guys, I want you to really start thinking that you can have power over your business. Your business should work for you. You should not work for it. Your business can provide the life for you and your family, the type of life that you want. 
And I want you to know that as I close this, I truly mean at the end of every single podcast, when life gets you down, always keep jumping because you can't let it keep get you down. I heard a quote the other day. I didn't even know I was going to tell you this, but it says, if you're in hell, keep on going. And it's so right. It's so true. If, if you're in a tough time, you can't stop. You got to keep going so that you can get through it. You guys, you got to keep moving forward. Now, if you like this podcast, which I hope you did, if you're still listening, I'm sure you did. I would love it if you would give a shout out to us on iTunes reviews and leave us a comment wherever you heard this, share it with your network, share it into some other groups or on your page. Maybe there's someone else in another business or another industry that might benefit from knowing about this stuff or thinking about this. Maybe they're thinking about starting a company and you found these helpful, you know, sharing's caring. I want to thank you sincerely for letting me take your earbuds and I'm going to throw it back to Davis for a nice outro for this podcast episode. Davis, thanks so much, buddy, for sending me your recording. And you guys remember when life gets you down, always keep jumping. Thanks for jumping with Bella in your business. For more information, free articles, free coaching sessions, and more, go to jumpconsulting.net. And remember, Bella's got your shoot.